0: Thanks for joining in on this important episode. Just to give everyone a little heads up, this particular episode was actually recorded in May. So just to let you know, this is slightly outdated in case there's some particular sections that may seem slightly off at everything that's going on right now. But this episode was previously recorded early in May of this year. But thank you guys for tuning in. This is an episode that Courtney and I had been really dying to hurry and have a conversation about but due to certain events taking place i decided to save this for later but the time is now so please join in and let me know what you think so we're recording a new episode of the Q Chat. And today is an important episode that Miss Courtney Podgy and I. We've discussed quite a bit. Um, we wanted to do an episode on colorism. So I have two awesome ladies with me today. I have my podcast partner in crime, Miss Courtney Podgy. Hey
1: there out there in the queendom. <laughs>
0: and we have a special guest and her name is Miss Keena but I want to give her the floor so she can introduce herself to everyone how are you doing today Miss Keena
2: doing great I'm Keena May. awesome hello everyone and where are you from I live in the
0: Cincinnati, Ohio okay. area. Awesome, And I heard that you're an essential worker too. So I definitely want to thank you on behalf of everyone during this whole COVID-19 situation. I definitely appreciate you taking the time to be a part of our show.
2: Oh, well, thanks for having me. So I want to
0: get into this. I know, Courtney, you and I, like, just how we mention a lot of times when we do our episodes, we end end up begetting another topic. So colorism (laughs) was something that we touched on Mm -hmm. a lot. So I just kind of want to get started. I know, like, we just, I just feel like even now in year 2020, you know, for us as African Americans, colorism just seems like something that just kind of won't end. Um, I know Mm -hmm. from my perspective, I still get to this day at age 43 years old. Oh, you're so pretty for a brown skin woman. And it really drives me. So, you know, (laughs) I just want to have a nice conversation. And I guess we can all start from everyone's perspective on exactly just for people that may be listening, that's not even clear on what it is, you know? So let's start off just going around. What does colorism mean to you? And um, let's start with Courtney. So what does colorism mean to you? If you had to define it for someone that was not clear about it, what would you tell them?
1: Hmm. Um, well, I mean, if I was going textbook, I would say that it's the differentiation of complexion and shades, of people amongst that people, you know, and for us, I really believe it was programmed into us. I, I, I really, and this is just from my research too. When you when you look at Africa, the divisions amongst people weren't about complexion or shade or this and that, but more about territory and tribe. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. like to romanticize Africa. I love Africa, love where where I'm from but you know everybody is not holding hands across that continent singing kumbaya so yes there mm-hmm. was divisions but it wasn't based on complexion i really think that was programmed into us and and it takes a lot to to deprogram and so i don't necessarily fault folks who haven't deprogrammed because i know what it took for me to do so mm. um, but it is um i think i think i think of the five senses when i think of colorism so i think we attach you know even a taste a smell a sound a look to what it is to be dark what it is to be medium and what it is to be light i think um your body reacts different to dark medium light or to red bone or to brown or to chocolate i think I think you're programmed so much that you have a response in all of your five senses to those things, Um, so much so that you believe it's natural or innate. Um, So breaking that can be very, very difficult. Mm, Wow,
0: that's a good perspective. So Kino, what's your definition? If you had to explain colorism from your perspective for someone that wasn't clear on it, how would you define it?
2: Um, I think it's kind of similar to what Courtney said, kind of the breakdown of us as a people, how we kind of visualize and see each other defined by the color of our skin. Um, My aspect of it from for me growing up, it's always been being very, although I'm Mm -hmm. very light skinned, darker was always Mm -hmm. better for me. (laughs) So you know, in my household, that's kind of how it was. You know, my parents kind of, you know, taught that very dark skin was one of the greatest things to be. So from my perspective, it's been very different. And then having to be the one who was considered, oh, you so light skin, you look white, Mm. you look like a white girl, you know, so I've had that aspect of colorism growing up. So I would just say that, the definition for me is just the breakdown of how we do see each other, you know, visually and the biases we create based on the color now, of I'm our glad skin.
0: You mentioned what you just said. So, for anyone listening, you know, Courtney and I, when we were birthing this episode, we intentionally wanted to have perspectives from all different skin tones. So, I'm so happy what you said, Kina, about just your perspective as a light skinned woman, because For me personally, like I said, I'm a brown-skinned African-American woman. My kids are actually fair-skinned. And I've had like a lot of weird comments since beginning regarding my kids. When I'm out in public, you know, they'll get weird comments of, who's their father? Are they white? You know, just the silliest things, things of that nature. And they've received strange little comments. And I don't know if everyone's familiar with, there was a particular episode of Blackish when they talked about skin tone. And a lot of times, I think people don't realize from the light skin perspective, which I was enlightened watching that episode when Tracy Ellis Ross and the son junior were like, well, Hey, we've also experienced some negative things too, because I think sometimes from other perspectives, we think light skin is just like the automatic golden ticket too. And they had also said some things like, okay, well, tell him the dad, like, well, you actually kind of mistreat us, <laughs> say like negative things towards us based mm. on our skin tone. So that's why I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure we had a perspective from everyone. Uh, for me personally, colorism, especially being raised in New Orleans, I experienced colorism my entire life, even within my family. My family um, has colors all across the rainbow. And I have felt that I felt from the darker skin relatives n- not don't necessarily get the same reverence as the lighter skin ones. They, You know, just as far as I know as a child, I felt like the lighter skin cousins was always viewed as the cute ones, (laughs) but like
2: Mm -hmm. the darker skin Mm -hmm. ones were
0: kind of like disregarded. And then on the flip side, once I became an adult, I don't know if it got to a point where brown skin was in. And it's just like, it seems like a lot of people would make comments, (laughs) like positive comments. Oh, I love your skin tone and all this type of nonsense. And I'm like, okay, I didn't get that growing up. Even in my high school, I felt that they were very into color and now mind you i'm a little older i'm assuming maybe than the both of you but like when i grew up colorism was a huge thing especially in new orleans as we know new orleans had the brown paper bag rule you know the whole creole things mm-hmm. of that nature and i feel like low-key it still happens you know so you know like, i just definitely want to get everyone's perspective do you guys feel like even in the media people kind of just take it and run with it sometimes like i know courtney and i mentioned uh, we talked about and ironic that I'm mentioning Kenya Barris again but his new show Black as F a lot of people had an issue with the fact that he tends to have the same running premise of the fair-skinned black woman he can find you know and that's Mm -hmm. when it led to a conversation that I saw across media where they're saying do they feel that media is really trying to wipe out the image of brown skin and black women in particular. Do you guys see that just in the media by any chance? Do you feel like there is an underlying tone where they kind of want to cast more lighter skin actors to kind of wipe out brown skin? Do you guys feel that?
1: You know, I don't know if it's because I'm brown skin. So I'm always looking for brown skin representation. Um, But ever since I was young, it was always uncanny to me how the wife or mother um, or girlfriend was always light-skinned and I mean Tisha Campbell has been everybody's (laughs) baby mama girlfriend and wife you know And, and, and so it just was like You know, and it it that movies Denzel. You know, you can look at who's been cast opposite him, even on some of the biggest stages. Sonalathan comes to mind, Mm. Um, and even when they might go for the cute, darker child and the darker dad or boyfriend or husband. Mama is always, you know, light brown, curly, the right type of curly, mm, right. you know. <laughs> and so I just, I've always, you know, I yeah, absolutely. I was just in a conversation this past week on social media about um, Queen Latifah being cast as Hattie McDaniel. Hattie McDaniel was a dark woman. She played Mamie, mm-hmm. you know, the Mamie role, right? Very dark and heavy set. And, you know, while the movie was still good, from what I heard, or the miniseries, I haven't seen it yet. And I love Queen Latifah, but that could have been somebody's chance, you know, if they would have stayed true to the character. Uh, Bad enough, the dark-skinned woman doesn't get cast. Bad enough, you don't get cast if you're not well-known. But this could have been some unknown dark-skinned and curvy, because we could go there too, woman's chance to show her stuff and to stay true to, to who Hattie McDaniel was but so much so Hollywood can't do that that you know you, you stick with Dana mm-hmm. you know you need you need somebody to play the historical figure she fits the bill enough and I just yeah there's room there is room <laughs> what do you
0: think Keena and I agree with you Courtney I just feel like every same thing I know from my perspective being a brown skin woman, I do tend to look for that. Okay. If I'm watching a movie and I just mm-hmm. think it's something that can't be helped, if I'm watching a movie, if I'm watching a TV show, if I'm watching a music video, like music videos aren't big for me now, but as a child or earlier in my life, especially music videos, I, it's like I would relate, you know, if I saw someone that looked like me, quite frankly. And it is mm-hmm. getting really tired, mm-hmm. you know, and I honestly didn't think of it too much as far as the whole King Embarrassing until. When I watched Black as F and I honestly couldn't get past the first episode, but I was just like, you know, this is the same thing with him. And then I watched the video on YouTube where someone broke it down and he was pulling out all shows, even the proud family, how the mother is always light. And I was Mm -hmm. like, it's (laughs) true. And I think it's to the point that we've kind of numbed ourselves, but then, you know, you'll see a show. I feel like when they have a show and they finally do have a brown skinned black woman, we're like, wow. And it shouldn't be that way. Just like Everybody Hates Chris, the mother was brown-skinned. It's like, oh, my God, everyone's brown-skinned. And it's like, we really got to get to the point where we have to celebrate that an uh, African-American show has, gee, African-Americans. <laughs> it's just like, it's just kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but if you think about it, even Bill Cosby kind of set that tone. Because even as a child, mm-hmm. I always was like, and mind you, like I said, my lineage is all over the place. But even I used to watch the Cosby show, like, OK, really? Like, they don't look like Cliff. You know, like Denise doesn't look like either one <laughs> of theirs, that, their, their, you know, that she could even be their child. You know, that was just me as a young child noticing that, you know, but I feel like it's a little hidden quota where they have to throw in some light skin somewhere or people just don't want to see it, maybe. I don't know, but it just seems like it's a, a trend now. So, what do you think about colorism
2: in the media, Kena? I think it's been what it's always been. I think it it goes back to even our heritage here in this country as far as white being better and us looking at white women or the closest thing to white women being, you know, the top shelf, the the thing to go to. I mean, if you look beyond even the media when our men pre- who who reach higher levels you don't really see them dating or marrying um, dark skin or even black women, period. So I think it's just, it's something that has been there from the beginning of time. Now I would say at this point in time, you know, we are progressing to some degree and you see more dark skin women on television, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but it's just something that has always been. And I feel like no matter how we try to, do more and have more darker skin um, African-Americans or on television, it's always going to be a thing where they don't really want to cast that or broadcast that because then that would be shining light on the fact that we do, you know, love ourselves and we do um, have families and we do progress no matter what. I just think it, it, Stems from what has always mm. been,
1: and you know, you know what else is interesting. And I don't want to speak too much on it because I'm not in this heritage. But they do that to the Latina women too. You're, that um, is true. You know Jennifer Lopez. You know, and Rosie Perez. They all trend towards the lighter side of what it is to be Puerto Rican, of what it is to be Dominican. You know, but there are black, oh yeah, <laughs> Dominicans oh, black. Puerto oh, Ricans, yes. you know, um, but, you know, Sophia Vegara, another one, you know. Um, so, you know, I think when it comes to black and brown, mm-hmm. you know, it's still what Kina said, the closest to white, oh, yeah. um, you know, and I think it's unfortunate that, you know, when you take it to history, you know, like Kina said, since, you know, our beginning of our time here, it it was uh, what always struck me, you know, especially, you know, Keena made the point of, it seems like our men, you know, especially as they reach certain heights, they go lighter and lighter. um, And then out of the black race. <laughs> altogether. Right, correct. Um, mm-hmm. But what has always struck me is that even when you look historically, it's, you know, it's as if the white man said, do as I say, not as I do. So I'm going to have you, concentrate your dreams and hopes on you know, this image that I painted in front of you of the white or the lighter woman being everything in the world while I tiptoe behind you and go be with the, the darkest woman on the plantation. Um, and then you fast forward, a lot of the dark skinned women that I do see in some of these high profile relationships, they're with white men. Mm-hmm. And so you're, there's still this kind of do as I say, not as I do type thing. Like if I can keep you focused on running for that prize that I told you was the prize, I can keep running in the back door and, you know, getting what I've been really desiring underneath it all the whole time. Um, And I don't, I don't know why people don't see or didn't see the contradiction in that. If. If the white mistress of the plantation is all so much this than the other, she's the queen, she's this, that, and the third, why are you running out here? Why are you walking past her mm-hmm. <laughs> and down the stairs and out the door and out to the fields to come get what you said is ugly and 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 haggard and everything else? Best. And not only and to mm-hmm. kind of add to that, now you
2: also look what's being cast on television when they're casting Black women in roles
1: there was white that men as true. well mm-hmm. that's starting mm-hmm. to be a big mm-hmm. thing now like a lot of the shows a I mean, big look, thing in the commercials right and there's a couple commercials on that. I'm like, oh, exactly
0: <laughs> and Shonda Rhimes for example I mean look how to get away with murder scandal both of the sisters you know they were white men I mean cool and the funny mm-hmm. thing is I think because and, my, and mind you another key, key thing they were both brown skinned women with white men too and obviously we're not knocking that but it's just Interesting, like we have to whitewash it in some kind of way, you know, <laughs> like, like mm-hmm, it's like a requirement mm-hmm. or something, you know,
1: right? Like, if you're gonna go dark, then go get the white man, right. <laughs>
0: like, okay? Like, we just can't, <laughs> like, I don't get it, you know. But one interesting thing, too, just like you mentioned, looks like you both mentioned, and I hope no one gets offended if you do facts or facts, you know, if it, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, whatever it is, true. Like, lighter skin is viewed as, like, a, a a trophy. So, come on, look at our athletes. Mm-hmm. Most of them, you know, when they get up in status, they get either light or white. And why do we mm-hmm. all love Russell Wilson? Because it's like, oh, I see you it. You got Sierra. She's brown. And it's just like, we give him extra credit for it. Like, he gets that extra A because she's brown. You know, which <laughs> it's like the fact that we even notice that, it's a shame. But it's like, we can't help it because we honestly really don't see it. That often, you know. Mm -hmm. So when we do, Mm -hmm. I know. I I mean, speaking from my perspective, when I see certain actors, you know how it is. We'll have little crushes on people, and then we'll see their spouse Mm -hmm. in the media. And when it's actually a black woman, we're like,
1: "What?" And God
0: forbid she's brown, it's like, "Oh wow!" You know, we're like, "Oh my god!" It's like a (laughs) a unicorn. You know, (laughs) like this Mm -hmm. isn't happening. So, do you guys feel? Which I have a feeling I know what we're gonna say, but just like Keena mentioned as well, it's just the whole way of the land. Light is better. White is the standard of beauty. So it's just, I don't know. It's just, I feel like, do you guys still feel that with the standard of beauty that is still in our minds that we're kind of brainwashed and embedded that lighter is closer to white, meaning that it's more beautiful? Because like I said, and I'm sure you're familiar with this too, Courtney, I feel like when a brown skinned woman is considered quote unquote beautiful, it's like, oh, wow, you're so pretty. You know, like, as if we're not allowed to be beautiful (laughs) because we're brown skin. So do you guys feel Mm -hmm. that it's still the same old thing that just light just is considered the better standard of beauty?
2: I feel that that it's hard hard to Mm -hmm. come out of. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, you know, with the social media era, you know, being more prominent now, that, you know, you see more of, more pride in darker skin being put out there, you know, for the younger generation to, to see. I think when it comes to media, certain media and and who runs it Mm -hmm. really depends on how that's depicted. But when we For us as a people, I think we're trying to get away from that more and more. However, it's still, you know, it takes, as Courtney said, it it takes a lot to kind of flip that switch
1: for, you know, for a lot of different people. Um, You you know, I think when it comes to Black men specifically and their desires, I think a lot of the guys that we can think of especially some of the more colorist guys like your Lil waynes and stuff like that i think for them i I truly believe and i didn't go to school with them or no but i truly i would bet my bottom dollar that for a lot of them the women they have now are the girls that never paid them attention Mm. that walked past them and you know was like boy please that laughed at the jokes of them being darker and uglier and this and that. So I really do feel like most of what they do is an accomplishment to themselves that, ha ha, you know, nah, I got you, you know? And I believe that's why they run through them because I, re- I really feel like if, if, you know, lighter skinned women or even um, women of other ethnicities were were actually the cream of the crop to them that they say they are, you wouldn't have you you wouldn't have three, four, and five pregnant at a time running through them like draws. You know, you still like I I've never really envied the position of a lot of these women because they end up on tear stained pillows just like everybody mm-hmm. else. You know, they're they're not in any better relationships. You know, and so, but I think that has I don't think that has anything you know as much to do with the woman as it has to do with the man. And I think a lot of these men. Are trying to rehab themselves from the hurt of being darker from the hurt of being labeled ugly or unattractive or not being the guy and I think they feel they can launder that away with as many lighter and or ethnically ambiguous women as they can um and that's why they still aren't in any better relationships than well anyone let else. me pull
0: from and what so, you just said so because what you just said is very interesting because of course we as women we kept saying from the perspective of colorism from women so do you think that men because you brought up a very good point that we didn't touch on so light and dark skin with men as far as the standard of beauty now sometimes i feel like with black men a lot of us oh, look at that chocolate brother. So do you think it's slightly different? Because you brought up a good perspective how some of them may have been teased or whatnot. So maybe this is somewhat of a rebellion per se, you know, to get like the lighter skinned woman or even the white or whatever, the ethnic ambiguous one. I
1: think it's like what you said. I think it's like what you said earlier, you grow into the privilege of being viewed as, Sexy or whatever. So, yes, I believe that if you go back and you ask Tyson Bigford or you ask my brother from um, Africa, I can never say his name. Um, okay. There you go. <laughs> if you go back and ask four, five, six, eight, nine year old, you know, Idris mm-hmm. Alba, was, were people knocking down his door? I, I would say absolutely mm, not. Good point. I think. I think it's something we grow into and you, and you mentioned this, Rhonda, I know it happened with me growing up. No, I I was not on the Mm -hmm. list. (laughs) It took growing into myself, it took people viewing other aspects of being darker as, as, you know, beautiful or at least alluring. So having full lips, having full breasts, you know, those things then become attractive, you know, as, as those guys get older. Um, but I do still think that a lot of us, and not just these guys, you know, in different ways, a lot of us are running away from the hurts of the past. You know, I've heard Tate say in
0: interviews that he wasn't considered attractive at all when he was younger. And anyone that follows him knows I've never seen him date a black woman ever. You know? (laughs) Hello.
1: And look, I'm I'm you know, I love my brother Wayne, I do, even with all the color stuff that he says um I love him because I I feel like I truly see pain in that brother you know and and there's a lot he needs to do but but I'm I'm gonna just put it this way imagine being Lil Wayne without money without cash money walking around the streets every day and then you can kind of just imagine what what you know what that would have been like but
0: I think some of it I think a part of it I think really it's like having a new toy. You have money, so it's like, hey, I have all this money, so I'm gonna get, you know, a particular image because I can afford it per se. Like it's like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, like Mm -hmm. to me, I feel it's like a trophy. But do you also feel that some of it is like? A kind of reaction like rebellion to what we experienced during slavery per se like okay black men obviously and if you go back to just hell they're being treated like animals now do you think a part of it may just be a rebellion like okay you guys white people races, whatever did this to us so we're gonna take your daughters you know like do you think it could be hmm. like a
2: rebellion I that? think that's definitely an aspect
0: because part of me thinks that's part of it too that is not even about oh we think they pretty it's like okay I'm gonna just do this because I can. You know, I'm not gonna get lynched for it or whatever. Like, do you, I mean? Do, that's me personally. I know you said you agree, Kena. What do you? That, do you guys really see that? Because I'm thinking that's a part of it, honestly.
2: I've had men tell me mm-hmm. that. I've had men tell me that that that's why they do. You know, because they can do whatever they want to them, so to speak. You know, that's why they do it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. They get what they want, they can do what they want, and it's more of a disrespectful aspect than trying to make them their queen or, you know, anything to that nature. Right, because I do think some brothers
0: they dating white women, they're not treating them nice, so it's not like we, it's nothing mm-hmm. to envy, I think, because they, they can do it.
1: Well, and I've I've said this, too, as we move into, you know, further and further into this next century, white women are really on the bench with us now. It's all about the ethnically ambiguous woman. You know, is she from Israel? Is she from Brazil? (laughs) You know, you know, so they kind of on the bench with us. It's been a while since I've seen like a truly white woman, you know, on anybody's arm. Now they are you know, sand, like a sandy Egyptian sand really? brown with just black hair and asses wider than all he outside. He just hit the
0: down on the head because um, Shapely women have they're, they're it now. I mean, come on, look at Meg The Stallion, people like that. I mean, Shapely is in and back in the day that really was not revered too much. No, so that automatically no, knocks no. out certain ethnicities because they don't have the curves. You
2: know, so
1: and, and, and I, I really, I think really-
2: I think part of that too is where you are, because currently where I reside, you see a lot of black men with white, thicker women, mm. you know what I mm. mean? It's not necessarily, you know, on the media, they get, they go more for what you said, Courtney, but out here where I live, you see a lot of black men with a lot of thicker women and a lot of the black women with white men out mm. here. Mm. Wow.
0: Have you ordered your ebook of A Case of Injustice? New Orleans' own author Keish Nicole has written an excellent and in- page turning book entitled A Case of Injustice. Order yours today on Amazon.com and you can grab your ebook of Miss Keish Nicole's A Case of Injustice. Order yours today.
1: I think it... Look, you just stumped stumped (laughs) us on that, right? Right. (laughs) But you know, just to
0: get back to, you know, obviously we're talking about colorism. I want like to get deeper as far as. Because, like I said, we have the the rainbow right here. So, I want to start with you, Kina. So and I know when you began giving your definition of it, you mentioned, you know, just in your family. And I've also mentioned things in my family. And Courtney, you mentioned things in your family in past episodes too. So, I want to start with you, Kina, because I want to get everyone's personal experience with colorism. I can you um give us just a background, just a deeper one. Just how has it affected you? I know you mentioned. And your family how they actually flipped it around and it was like you too like so give us a deep on a deep perspective on just ways you've experienced it in your personal life you know just how has it affected you as far as colorism is concerned
2: well i've had the you know being the light skin it was always even coming up through school that it was just an automatic judgment that because I was light-skinned, I assumed that everybody assumed I thought I was better than them because I was light. Mm. You know, you're you the girl that's walking down the hallway, shaking her ponytail. You think you're all of that, you know, because I was light-skinned. And it's honestly something that really didn't cross my mind as though I thought I was better because as I told you, growing up, my family was always, you know, Chocolate is, is great. Chocolate is pretty. And, you know, the be- the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice, you know, that was always in my family. I mean, even growing up, it was, oh, you're so light. My mom even told me stories about when she gave birth to me because she was brown skin and I came out so light. The nurses at the hospital kept checking wristbands all the time because they didn't believe I was her baby. Wow. So. I mean, it it starts from even then. And and that that has been my experience just growing up, that it was always perceived that I thought I was better because I was light-skinned. So that's a major aspect that I grew
0: up with. Do you feel that because you were lighter-skinned too, people kind of felt you were kind of soft? You know, like, you know, because I think people always associate brown skin too with being like a harder individual you know like do you feel like people kind of disregarded you too amongst your own african-american community as well because of your skin color like
2: oh definitely most definitely it it, um and i was because i think courtney can attest to because we've been friends since i was in 11th grade um i've been the sweeter type of individual so when you come when you're that type of person you have to prove that you can't be ran over mm. almost like twice as hard mm-hmm. so that is definitely and I guess I never really looked at it as though as the colorism aspect because I was light-skinned you know in my own community that it would seem as though I was softer you know because I was closer to considered white mm-hmm. but I guess yeah when you think about it I've always wondered why people thought that you know I had to prove myself that you just can't use me and abuse me you know as much as more than anyone else and I I guess I never really looked at it like that but I would definitely have to agree wow see that that's just
0: because I've seen it you know like I said I have lighter skinned kids I've seen it I just feel like they make people have to prove their level of blackness you know so that's I just is something that I just assume just from listening to what you're saying. I just feel like we have a bad tendency to do that. So, Courtney, what's your perspective? So, how has colorism personally affected you?
1: Um, well, you know, I have a good old Seminole New Orleans family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and with that being said, you know, I guess more people from New Orleans would typically, um. Assume that a, the you know a seventh ward New Orleans Creole family probably wouldn't have a lot of dark skinned people until one of the offspring decides that she's going to fall in love with the darkest dude from Alabama, <laughs> <laughs> who happened to be Arthur Floyd, <laughs> and then her brother falling for you know a dark skin thickety thick. Chick from around the way being my uncle. Um, so we kind of introduced the first spectrum of color in our family. Uh, that would be me, my brother, and then my cousin. Um, and it it was definitely noticeable, you know, from jump that we were the dark ones. You know, we look like go, you know, go put some Vaseline on them knees, looking like a roach in the flower pot. Oh wow you know, um, you know, look at his black ass, come here, boy, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then the lighter skin cousins come right. hey, my baby, oh, look at you. just look at all that hair, that type of thing, so is it implicit? No, but it most certainly is implied, you know, um, and, and then, and on top of my family being one of the ones where we gonna, you know, we gonna rib you so that when you go out in the world you can handle it. So you got it anyway, you know, who no matter who you were in my family. Wow. Um, and you and you better see the joke in it. <laughs> so um, you know, it was it was rough and, and in New Orleans, because I've lived a couple of places in New Orleans, specifically among black people, when you throw that Creole in there, it's a whole nother level of range. <laughs> You know, when you have black people with legit green and blue eyes and and natural blonde or brownish blonde, long curly hair, the darker you get, you just don't stand a chance in a place mm. like that. And, you know, I remember, you know, I went to Cor- Corpus Christi school and camp and, you know, I'm having to sit next to certain, you know, young ladies that in this community have it all, can definitely pass a, you know, brown paper bag, you know, and it just, and you wonder where where is your place, you know, amongst that. And then you look at media and there's no representation and you start to feel invisible. And I think I felt like that for a good while. Just, I felt like if I could be funny and entertaining, I picked that up immediately being young. So if you weren't going to look at me, you know, for being cute or, you know, this, that, and the third, I'm a tap dance and tell a joke, mm. you know, mm. and then, and so I started to garner attention that way. And for me, my outlet became acting and things like that, because once you're on the stage and you're a part of a cast, you have everyone's attention if they're in the theater, right. you know, and, it's only at that time people will suspend all of the things that occur in society and let me be a person. Although I had to be somebody else, but you know, they allowed me that then. And so that was my outlet. And so I joked, I danced, I sang, I put on little shows. I always entertained to to get the attention um, that would have automatically gone to someone else. And so for me, it wasn't until I became Mm -hmm. pregnant, really realized how this all begins. You know, people were worried about my daughter's hair texture and skin color before they even asked me if she had all her fingers and toes, you know. And I'm like, how do Black children stand a chance when before they even come out of the womb, we are worried about who they're going to take from? I hope she reached back wherever whatever that and get this from them go maybe she'll get this from, her. you know and it and it and even to the point you know my husband being african people oh lord did she reach back to that africa like this is what i mean and i'm like you don't want to ask me if she's trending you know as normal for her for her height and right. weight. you don't want to know that how she's in you know, <laughs> what what's, what's more important here so i think it's just so deeply rooted mm-hmm. It takes so much to come out it of does. it. It does. I know from
0: my perspective, as I said, as a child, um, both sides of my family, actually, uh, my mom and my dad's side of family, is actually, actually full of different, full of different skin, skin tones. Tone. So, so for me, for me you, know, you know, once I became an adult, like I said, as a child, I felt like, you know, because I had quote unquote average features. So I felt like I wasn't revered at all look wise, but I was always really smart. So that was always a big thing. Like, oh, she's so smart. She makes AIDS, blah, blah, blah. But it was never like, oh, she's so cute. She's so beautiful. But I would see, you know, a comparison and contrast. I had a cousin who was the same age as I was, but they always, I felt like, put her on a pedestal. Because mind you, she was lighter skinned. Um, and I felt like in mm-hmm. my family, ironically, not on my dad's side of family, I felt like they never, ever, ever made me feel less than, you know, but as far as my mom's side, I felt like they were very big on colorism and just, you know, images and, you know, just things of that nature. And I just never felt like I fit in with them ever. Now, once I got older, you know, I did feel a little different, but I felt resentful because I felt like no one should ever make a child feel like they're less than. I had an uncle mm-hmm. on my mom's mm-hmm. side of family that would literally call certain people, ugh, who does that? You know, mm-hmm. so that's not something that... I ever like erased out of my mind because I mean I, as a child every child has an awkward stage as it is so you're already you know trying to find who you are and then when you're not even comfortable yeah, amongst your own family so then when I got older high school was the same thing I felt like at my school was extremely big on colorism but then once I got to college things totally shifted so at that point I'm dating and my best friend at the time was light-skinned Whenever we would go out, if there was a dark skinned guy, he wanted to, you know, talk to her, and the light skinned guys, ironically, would want to talk to me, and I was just kind of like, okay, wow. So now the same skin tone that wasn't good enough, you know, my whole life, now was just like a big thing. Now I thought it was weird, especially when it was like, okay, the light skin guys interested. Like this is weird. So down fast for
1: it. And you know what? It's funny that you say that, Sharonda, because that's where a lot of the enlightenment happens is in college. I've seen a lot of people go away to college and come back flipped, you know, and I think you get, especially if you go to an HBCU, but I think you get enlightened by that one or maybe two professors who start to break down Mm -hmm. what we are calling, you know, or starting to awaken you, you know, and you start looking at how you've been taught certain things and where it came from and how all these things that you right. swear are preference are really programming. And I've seen so, a lot of people come home with dark skin sisters right. after college. So like, oh, me, okay. Once you got, got, college, got your enlightenment.
0: And I actually <laughs> ended up marrying someone um, in my early twenties who was fair skin. Actually, he not only was he fair skin, but he was like mixed with several things. So, I would always, once we had our first child, the most annoying thing in the world was no one after nineteen and a half 19 and a half hours of labor wants to hear from their in-laws, oh, he doesn't even look like he could be her baby. I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? First of all, my oldest child is literally like the splitting image of me. Like when I saw him as a newborn, when I finally got Mm passed the 19 and a half hours and I had a chance to look at my child. I was like, damn, you know, he looks just like me as far as his features and everything. And, but my in-laws, they can see that. Mm -hmm. All they saw was, and most, I don't care what skin color you end up with, melanin takes a few weeks to come in. That's a science lesson for people. So I'm saying to myself, we don't know what color this child is. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, like his color is not even in, you know, but all they saw was that. It took maybe once he got to be two or three they finally admitted that he looked like me it's like it's been obvious since like three minutes in his life you know mm. so having lighter skinned children I've gotten <laughs> <most> ignorant <laughs> comments all the time um I had people that just I would be out in public with the kids Their kids my children look just like me and I, like I said I don't even like children that much that I would be walking around with three kids anyway like I don't like kids that much yeah they're my kids you know so I would get the most ridiculous comments you know like is their father mixed and then at the time my last name was it was a little ethnic or whatever um even though like I said my ex-spouse he's black but he his one of his parents was of another um race so his last name was a bit unique so when people was hear my last name at the time wait what are you guys like they were totally confused and I just was like this is New Orleans number one where you guys know that we come in all different colors and I felt like I had to always explain well I have light-skinned people in my family you know like and I'm just like why do I have to even explain this you know about my kids I just thought it was ridiculous you know so it's just weird and then as I said also just from my own personal perspective once I became an adult Oh, you're so pretty for a brown skin woman. Oh, I love your skin tone. It's just like, are you kidding me? And it's I don't take it as a compliment, and I never will. I'll never take anyone saying, "Oh, you're pretty for a brown skin woman" as a compliment, because to me, I'm ter- interpreting. I my interpretation is, mm-hmm. oh, even though you brown, you cute, and it's like that's not a, an. In, that's not that's an insult, right? It's not. Yeah, it's not a compliment at all. Like, why can't <laughs> a woman? be why can't we just be beautiful why can't a light-skinned woman just be beautiful why do we have to throw out that she's light-skinned why you know why do we have to put color into everything so that's definitely my perspective with that and it gets very annoying you know it just it never grows old but mind you I have that childhood history where I felt like it was just the most negative thing in the world and you know I wasn't viewed in a particular way so once you finally see me who I always have been it's not enough for me you know like
1: it doesn't what what about this do you think the natural hair movement has allowed for more uh shades to be viewed as beautiful i'm happy you brought up i really feel like there's a correlation break down
0: natural hair so i feel like with natural hair we still even mess that up because I feel like only a certain texture of natural hair (laughs) like there's different textures that get more credit (laughs) than others you know because I remember when I first went natural and I transitioned Mm -hmm. so when I finally cut off whatever did you know like a mid chop you know I would get a lot of people that would be like oh I see you is that your is that your real hair texture because God forbid girl brown skin women we're not supposed to have curls and coils so I felt like people I would get out of time that's you that's your real texture? And I'm like, uh, yeah, you're like, I'm natural. Then they would be shocked that I actually had curly hair because we're not supposed to have that. You know, curly hair is, is only a light skin thing. So I even feel like with the hair, we got to pick that apart, you know, and if it's not <laughs> in particular.
2: Which to me is the ignorance exactly. of the definition.
0: And it's all ignorance. Like you just hit the <laughs> nail on the head. It's ignorance all across the board. But I feel like natural hair you brought up a good point it, it's health and it's hurt you know because I feel like with Lapita Nuongo for example I feel like she's a beautiful woman in my opinion but I feel like some people have mixed opinions on that you know but natural hair like you said mm-hmm. I feel like it depends on the texture whether it helps or hurt because if you go natural and it's not a particular air quote texture It's like extra to say, oh, that person's not attractive. You know, I don't like, you know, look at that hair. It's nappy. And that's the word that we hate to use. But some people really view that in their mind. You know, so I think I know me personally, people will be like shocked that I had a particular hair texture, which once again is offensive as well, because it's just like, give me a break. And once again, as you said, Keena, it's total ignorance. What do you guys think? Like, I feel like it helps and it hurts.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I can see the hurt and help, um, but I think the more we figure out mm. our hair, because that's what this has really been about. We've spent so many mm-hmm. years trying to make it something else that <laughs> now we have to, we're probably going to have to spend just as many years <laughs> learning right. what we are and what and what is natural. Um, so I, you know, I've seen this movement. I've watched it. And yes, at first, mm-hmm. especially for the four four C's, you know, it was rough at first. But I think the more we stick to our guns and we I I really truly believe that getting to know your it natural is. hair now, is getting get to know yourself. I really do. Right. And, and, and natural I'm no hair Regardless of, water. of how people <laughs> may be particular I like,
0: sex, I, I do it. get where your natural <laughs> hair is completely accepted now as far as I'm concerned not 100% but it's definitely acceptable back in the day mm-hmm. you could not cut off your hair and get an afro or something they would call you Florida Evans and not in a good and way walk and right. to anybody
1: <laughs> I was gonna say except in the 70's and that's what that's what really shocked me. I'm like how did we go from the 60's and 70's where the bigger the fro, which right. is really gonna look better in the, in the four range it was like you were everything right. and now we slid so far to where that's just not, not it. But I really think, I, I just see a correlation in the journey. The more we get to know, because I look, so I have, I have four Z's here. <laughs> so I know you, you all not want to just walk around like I get it. But the more we get to know it, the more we share information about products and what works and this, that, and the third. I feel like the more we're coming into ourselves, and and it's and I think in the long run it'll right. help. I agree. Help and
0: more I
2: than
1: see him the do. good. I I do
2: see the the good and bad, but I I'm happy with the evolution that is helping to uh, for us to just be happy with the way our hair grows out of our head, and I think that correlation kind to kind of relates to us being happy who we are as a people all skin tones you know our hair is just as as different as our skin tones are and i think that really helps the evolution of us you know flipping that light switch to be able to see and understand and just be happy i agree so
0: i definitely want to get to wrapping this up but before we end everything I want to go around our group again and just if you guys have we've come a long way in a sense we still have a ways to go but do you guys have any final words you want to just anything just on your perspective on the whole colorism debate and what that means right now, currently for this world? You know, do you guys have any final statements regarding it? And I'll start with Ms. Keena. Um,
2: I just want the conversation. My thing, I would just like the conversation to continue and kind of grow and progress because um, I think the more we talk about it the more we address it um, the more minds open and different perspectives spark different ideas and different thoughts and you know everyone so my final statement would just be that we continue to talk about it and address it and keep forums like this open and perfect awesome.
0: I agree so how would you like to wrap up your thoughts regarding the colorism debate Courtney
1: Um, I think for me, I, definitely the conversation continuing um, and people not being afraid, those of us who are creative, to, to create the world that we want to see because that's what everyone else does. So me personally, if I ever get a chance to get some of the ideas that I have in my head out on the screen or on the stage, you are going to see <laughs> the world as I see it. And that will include brown dark brown love and and stories and voices Um, and I you know and this has been more and more but I think just not counting on others to tell our story Mm -hmm. um, and and to paint our world
0: you know I'm always big on go love yourself as everyone knows who listens (laughs) to this show so that's my main thing is just go love yourself I don't care what the world may make you think or what the media may make you think or what society may make you think whatever skin that you're in literally figuratively go love yourself because beauty comes in so many ranges and we all serve a purpose and just to just break down these barriers i definitely feel like we definitely do need to continue this conversation because a lot of people are clueless i would say they don't realize how big colorism is in this world and i think that's what the media what the enemy that wants to put out this colorism wants us to be brainwashed and to be numb to it but I definitely encourage people to just continue the conversation and don't be numb to it and just show yourself and prove who you really are, that you're 100% number one. You're not, you're more than a skin tone anyway, but to not be afraid of who you are, don't be afraid or intimidated or think that you have to fall into a standard of anything, you know? So that's my main thing to focus out and just to end this conversation is to just make sure you go love yourself I don't care what tone you're in. Like I said, you're beautiful. And I definitely want us all to continue the whole colorism debate because it is important right now. And thank you guys for being a part of this. I definitely want to continue the conversation in a future show. So um, thank you guys for listening. And if you have any comments, make sure that you inbox me or comment on Instagram, but we can definitely keep the conversation going. Thank you, ladies.